Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. The passion for the world's beautiful game has never been stronger. And now there is one place to get all your insight, analysis, and hot topic discussion. Especially if you're a fan of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy or their heated rival, LAFC. It's time to roll out the ball and kick things off here on the Believe Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, former MLS goalkeeper Dan Kennedy and soccer broadcast veteran Mark Rogandino. I feel like we should cue the Mexican music, because just like that, <laughs> Dan Kennedy and I are back. I was out in Cabo, uh, so I'm just okay, but... I had to get a little uh, family R&R time. Oh, it was overdue, buddy. Overdue. Charge the batteries. You know that feeling, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were out in Palm Springs. Steph was in uh, Brazil working, so I took the kids out to Palm Springs with the in-laws. Tried to work as much as I could, but I I definitely had some fun, but not as much as you did. While while DK was uh, with his kids feeding the duckies, I was feeding my gut with (laughs) coladas. And uh, so a little red like a lobster on the arms and shoulder area after uh, after five days down there at the pool and in the ocean. But uh, batteries are recharged and ready to chat about these two uh, Southern California MLS teams with you, bud. Oh, let's get it going, buddy. Um, I think we start with the Galaxy since they're the most uh, recent of the two teams to to dip into MLS play. And obviously, after being uh, booted out of U.S. Open Cup by the Portland Timbers, uh, they come back and they get a pretty good win out there against FC Cincinnati. You were the one who said it, I think, a couple of weeks ago, uh, talking about uh, Fabio Alvarez, that you feel like he is going to be a player in this league. And he made an impact in this match. Uh, and and Rogues, I mean, he is he's so clean on the ball. He he turns on it really well. So when he, he he's facing uh holding midfielders or defenders that are feeding the ball into his feet his first touch his turn is great to to transition him into the attack uh he he's oppor- he's like his goals have just been opportunistic it hasn't been any um any individual brilliance but it's been in the right space at the right time uh, he's active in the box and if you think back like when was when was the last time the galaxy had a good number 10 I mean, they've always played with like this this good strike partnership, uh, false forward, but never a true playmaker number ten. And Fabio is that. Um, and wh- what it's done now with Jonah Dos Santos on the national team, Perry Kitchen filled in in midfield at, at FC Cincy. Um, and what it's done now is it's given this this Galaxy side that that looked a little limited with options. Uh, some more options in midfield uh, now that Alessandrini's out, right? The winger's out. And now they're putting Sebastian Legette out on the right wing. And I, I like Sebastian in a wide role because he, he likes to come in and find the Agreed. ball. You, If you have an attacking right back, uh, typically it would be Felcher. Then as he tucks in, Felcher can overlap. Uh, and Sebastian's so good 1v1, he can still give you a mismatch on the wing. And, in fact, that's how it set up the goal for Fabio anyway. Uh, it was also nice to see Emma Boateng be able to bang one into the back of the net early. That could be something that gets him going. But going back to Alvarez, I thought one of the best sequences of that game came with about 10 minutes left. Uh, a great little one-two between Zlatan and Alvarez that created a chance for Ibrahimovic on the return pass. 
and and I almost got a sense in watching as Alvarez got more and more confident. I almost got a sense in watching that uh, Zlatan is already developing a really good trust in Alvarez. Yeah, and and so Ibra's so he's so big too on on any long balls out of the back. You now you see um, both Alvarez, uh, Sebastian Legette, um running off of Ibra. And 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 so they become a little they're becoming a little bit more dynamic in in a way that they can beat you uh, from a variety of options. And it's not just um, with Favio prior, I guess, prior what I should say is prior to the season with without Favio, it, it looked to me very much like, OK, just try to get the ball up the field, get Ibrahimovic in the box and start s- s- serving balls into the box and he'll make something happen. Right. Now you have now you have Ibra dropping in. There's a little bit more combination, a little bit more quality in the in the middle of the field. And Fabio picks up that ball and 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 strings a perfect pass through to uh, Ima Boateng for the first goal. And if I mean the first it could have been (laughs) Galaxy could have scored five goals in the first 12 minutes of this game. Cincinnati was uh, asleep there. I mean, I don't know what the hell they were doing. Well, giveaways, uh, right? I mean, both goals resulted resulted in poor, poor defending. They they look shell shocked and um, we knew they were going to be bad all season, but they typically rogues and I've been on shitty teams, right? (laughs) Typically you go, just to put it bluntly. Yeah. Fellas, (laughs) fellas. Two blocks of four. Keep it tight. All we care about is getting through the first 15 minutes because they're going to come hard. We get through the first 15 minutes and then it's the next 15. Okay, let's play ourselves into this game. No stupid shit in the back. You fucking clear the box. I mean, literally, that's the conversation. Uh, and they couldn't do that. And and halfway through the season, FC Cincy look look miserable. But um, it's still it's a without Jonah Dos Santos, who I think is like the heartbeat of this team. Um, I argue he's he's the most important player because he's he glues everything together. Uh, this was a really important win for them, especially two wins in the last seven games coming into this match. Yeah, I think probably not to get lost in the shuffle of their fourth road win of the year uh, is the fact and that third in a row is the fact that David Bingham comes up with a couple of key saves to yeah. ensure that it's a shutout. And you can't really put a gauge on that, Dan, as you and I know from that goalkeeping position. But that's the kind of confidence thing that I think not only Bingham needs, but in my opinion, that defense, the back four, because it has been a little bit in flux as to who's been in the back four um, in a consistent basis. But that's something that they need, too, if they're going to build here heading into the second half well, of the season. And this so they Galaxy go up early. Cincinnati possess the ball, not dangerously. But Galaxy fell into the trap of like, okay, we're up two nothing on the road. Let's not give anything up. Let's let's get behind the ball and play comfortably, right? And so Cincy, so now Galaxy get now they're just kind of working side to side, trying to keep passing angles down. And what Bingham did, I mean, he had two two good saves in the game. And what it does is is it just relieves pressure. You know, if he gives up one of those goals, I mean. The stadium gets behind Cincy. Cincy gets another couple chances late, and you just yep. don't know what the hell. It's the old MLS special. Yeah. Um, and this happens. I mean, it happens in the British Premier League. It happens all over the world where teams get a little nervous up to nothing they, when they give up that first goal. So yeah, Bingham. Um, it, it was hard for me between Alvarez, uh, Ima Boateng, and Bingham for the man of the match in that game because all of them um, performed uh, well enough to, to win this game for the galaxy in which everyone else just had consistent performances. 
to a man, I don't think the players or anyone within the galaxy would ever say it. But for me, it's almost uh, a blessing in disguise that they are not going to have to continue in the Open Cup after losing 100%. to Port- Portland. Because now you can really focus on being a contender in the West and, and doing some damage for the next three months of the season. Yeah, and we, I mean, again, same same approach. It was like, okay, coach, what are we doing here? Are we taking this serious or are we not? Because we can't, if we're taking it serious, let's go win some games and let's put our first, our best team out on the field, uh, especially during an international break window. But if we're if we're not, if if this is not the priority, if the priority is the playoffs, is the league, is is having the team uh, hit stride in September, then the Open Cup isn't necessarily the best competition. I mean, we've seen what's happened to the teams that started this year in Concacaf Champions League. We saw it happen to Toronto last year. Yep. Kansas City still has the injury bug, can't seem to shake it. Um, so the, this extra, you know, five games, all majority, all the midweek, extra travel, um, focus, it does take a lot out of your team, and you have to be deep to do it. And and then on the other end of it, where are you in the league position? Well, LAFC is in a great league position, so go for it. Galaxy, by the way, sitting uh, 31 points, 10 wins, six losses and a draw so far now uh, in exactly the midway point, uh, 17 games into the 2019 MLS campaign. Uh, so we'll switch over, continuing the, uh, the the return from the Gold Cup break, a little international uh, play kind of taking over. We'll talk about the Gold Cup and, and the U.S. men's national team, get some of Dan's thoughts in a moment. But LAFC, obviously still the best team in Major League Soccer, but they're going on almost uh, three plus weeks without having to play an MLS game. But they have dipped into U.S. Open Cup play twice, DK. Their most recent round of 16, a 3-1 win against San Jose at home inside Bank of California Stadium. But what I will say about it is um, there hasn't been too much adversity for the black and gold this season. But they go down a goal early in the game, and of course they respond with three to win it 3-1. Yeah, and it was, um, I mean, Lee Wynn back in the fold. Uh, yep. And and you're missing Tyler Miller. You're missing Walker Zimmerman. So that early goal is kind of nervy, right? You, you give that up, and it's like, uh, wait, hold on. We're missing. Uh, look around the pitch. We're missing a couple guys. Uh, but it, it just shows you that this LAFC team, man, they have some firepower. And yeah, guess who's on the scoreboard again? Carlos Vela. I mean, you can't it, stop him. You you can't. And and then Lee, I mean, you remember the season where Lee put the entire New England uh, Revolution organization on his shoulders and then took him to the MLS Cup. Either 2014 or 2015. Yeah. One of those I mean, two, and he they, was he was a uh, top three in, in MLS MVP voting it, that year. Well. Yeah. And, and, and he has this he lets the ball work for him. And and he can kind of run with he, he can kind of run with the ball and be in this position where he can chop it and beat you on the dribble or make some great pass. Like he he's he has such great awareness. And and I, I find I mean, he had injury, he hasn't played all that much, but watching this game I, I was like, uh this this is uh the Lee Win I know, where he's just waiting for guys to make their runs and, and letting the play develop and then he just plays a perfectly weighted pass and behind the fence through through channels. Um this is a, a very good sign for LAFC. Well, we've talked about the uh, efforts or maybe lack of effort sometimes from the number nine spot. Uh, it's usually Christian Ramirez or Adama right. Diamande in that spot. Dio gets on the score sheet with actually a great finish, uh, yep. a good little through ball. He rounds the keeper and then just slots it home. 
I mean, if this guy could find a portion of his form of what he had last season when he first came into the league, that would only add oh, another thick man. layer of icing on top of this well, cake. Well, and, and so one thing you, you can imagine, what like what's happening in LAFC camp right now? Well, there's a heck of a lot of competition for for time on the field because when it, when a team's rolling like this, the players can taste it. Like they want to be on the field, right? Sure. So po- it's got to be a very positive environment, locker room, training pitch, et cetera. But what's happening in the camp? Well, who are we signing? I mean, Horta's gone. So I imagine there's a lot of time, energy, and effort right now focused on, okay, player, personnel, who we got, what do we have to trade? If we have anything to trade, do we need to trade? And then who's available? What can we get and, and when? So I would um, also hold your breath a little bit here because I, I think there's got to be a big signing coming before uh, July 15th. You you would think so. You would think that they'd want to add one big name. Um, but the, the question would also be, Dan, do, do you want to disrupt what chemistry you have? Because clearly there's something in the in the in the tea. There's something in the coffee over there right now that everybody is tasting and loving. Right. But this is where you have when the, when your team's successful. To me, you have this ability to 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 make a big splash. Go and a big splash now in Major League Soccer, by the way, is go signing a, a 22 or 23 year old su- future superstar, right? Yeah, from our, from Argentina go, or yeah, Uruguay. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So so go find another one of those young players that you can that you can plug and play. And it's not Ibrahimovic. It's not someone that you have to throw into the lineup you can build them into the lineup i think the horta thing like I, it's not like this guy he he was starting to show glimpses of it when he came back into the team Agreed. um he, he's quality but the the midfield is just so stacked on this team what they need is uh, is a forward in my opinion so i i, I that's kind of what i expect to see like go go sign a, a top young forward out of south america and see if you can't uh, mold them over the next two or three years and then uh, potentially sell them off. But in the in the in the in the in the meantime, capture a couple a couple medals because of it. It would have to be somebody young because they already do have. Uh, and we saw him make his debut uh, in this international window of in the U.S. Open Cup. Fito Zelaya from El Salvador. Mm-hmm. I believe he's 33, 34. He's a top scorer for the El Salvador national team. Um, but his he hasn't gotten the opportunity to step on and play an MLS play just yet. But the reason why he is on the roster is because this guy is a goal scorer. Can he do it with this group? Can he do it uh, consistently on this level? I mean, you know, I've been out at training and the guy just pounds goals in all day long and is a master when it comes to playing, you know, seven V seven with big goals. Right. But can he get, can he get out there on the big pitch against, uh, you know, the best quality opponents in major league soccer and make a difference is the big question. I think LAFC is still waiting to, to find that answer. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, this is uh, when you, when you see these older signings, I mean, there's a reason why they they've they've made the decision to get him, and one of them is probably affordability too. Uh, there there probably wasn't a lot given up, um, so it, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But uh, it, it's it's so funny. I was I was asked about the galaxy because I was doing the Spectrum broadcast, um, and and where are they at, right? Where are the galaxy at? And I was thinking like you know I, I've said it on this podcast before, like searching for their identity a little bit. You know, they're, they're just a little inconsistent. Like sometimes they're locked down defensively. Uh, sometimes they're not. They look shaky. Sometimes they dictate the game in possession. 
Um, and, and then sometimes they're better playing the counterattack game. So they shouldn't dictate the, the game in possession. Um, and then I, I, I was just kind of trying to be as objective as possible. And I was like, you know what? Uh, LAFC maybe at this point last year were a, a little further along in consistency, but they were still really shaky. You you remember them giving up those late games, man. Well, they were they were it was games where they should have three points turned into right. just a point, and a couple right. of times where they were looking to have a point, right. and it turned into taking nothing out of the match at all. Right, and so and Galaxy's gone through such a turnaround, like from three. This is three years coaching player, coaching player, coaching player, front office coaching player, and and uh, I think I actually think Galaxy are onto something here um, under Scalotto, and. Um, they they if if they can if they can pull together um, another signing or two and I think maybe they need to bolster their midfield with someone that has a it's a, a little bit more dynamic in there um, with Joe Corona and and Jonah Dos Santos if you put if you could find one person that's a, they got a little more pace to him um, and then a, and a top quality out, outside back I mean Ashley Cole could actually still play for this team and help him. Yeah, I, I mean, I can buy stock in that. I think that, uh, first of all, and we've said it here on the podcast, here on Believe Sports Podcast Network, uh, there's no question they got it right with, with Guillermo Berosquelotto as the hire for their head coach. I think there's no question, you know, whether, whether you want to look at the symmetry with his time and winning in Major League Soccer under Ziggy Schmidt, uh, his connection to bringing players from South America, his ability for players to look at him and be like, yeah, this guy did it, right? He he won, he won as a player, and now he's he's bringing that intellect into how he operates as a manager. I think all those things are right. Do I think that uh, they're going to challenge for an MLS Cup this year? I, I think that verdict's st- still out right now. But yes, I agree that compared to years of past years of past for this team right now, they're definitely trending upward for sure. Yeah, but this is, I mean, the one the one thing is, you, you all you got to do, Rogues, is get to the dance. That's you just got to make the playoffs, man. I mean, the Nick Ramondo single-handedly won Salt Lake a championship um, one year with with his amazing penalty kick antics and and at, save at the expense of the Galaxy. At yeah, the expense of the exactly. Galaxy. Exactly. That's and, right. I'll never and, forget that. And, and Galaxy were far the superior team. Nick is just, uh, I mean, he loves playing LA Galaxy more than anybody else, but. Um, it, it you just got to get to that dance and uh, form is 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 a funny thing when you're talking about knockout five or six games. So um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I'm glad I, I'm glad the galaxy started. I mean, you know, the the second part of the season with a win. Put a, I don't think it puts pressure on LAFC at all because um, they're playing in in their own game right now about trying to break some records. I think. But um, Galaxy need this for a momentum, and now we start tracking. You and I can start. We can taste. We can taste it, Rogues. Yeah. Oh yeah. The oh, traffic. So, I mean, the traffic. We can taste. It's getting closer, buddy. <laughs> I, I think we're less. If I, if my memory is correct, I believe we are less than a. We're right on a month away from that game, pretty much. Um, one two, one other note, and then one other question for you before we move on. Uh, I think it's worth mentioning Pablo Cisniega. You mentioned no Tyler Miller in goal for LAFC in the three one. Uh, open. He was good. He in, in the second half in particular. Uh, he's a big, tall, lanky guy. If, you, if for those out there that haven't reminds, seen him, reminds you of me. Huh? <laughs> he reminds me of like a like a Greg Sutton. 
You know, yeah. he's, he's, yeah, he's yeah, yeah, I like really, really, really long arms, you know, th- very thin guy, but long legs, long arms, uh, pretty good with his feet. And I thought I thought he should, it was only his second ever performance for LAFC, but I thought he showed really well in the game, especially, again, as you noted, you go down one nothing, all of a sudden heads start turning around looking like, uh, OK, well, where's Walker? Where's yeah. where's Tyler Miller? Yeah, well, and, listen, and I, I came up big. Yeah. And I've been candid. Like, I don't know how good Tyler Miller is. I mean, he's solid. But he he's he's not tested. I mean, I, I we what game was I at a couple weeks ago? Rose? Dallas. Dallas. Okay, Dallas is good good Western Conference team. And Tyler Miller, I mean, the ball was never in his half. He he. Yeah. I mean, he and and Tyler looks the part. I've seen him come up with some fantastic saves. He he seems like he's got the courage, the charisma. But it, it's going to take some more time before we understand if he's any good. And I look up and and this acquisition. Um, is really smart because he's young, he's Me- Mexican, but played in in Spain, um, yeah. and he's played. Like this isn't this isn't a kid that hasn't played professional soccer. And right. so when you stack that up side by side to Tyler's resume, um, Tyler's resume, if you remember, he he wasn't necessarily brought into LAFC to be the starter. He had some injury issues with the with the original uh, big goalkeeper signing. I, I forget his name off the top of my head. Um, and now they've brought in cover, uh, and it looks to uh, looks to be very good cover. And both of these guys, I mean, like perfect. This is what you and I were were never rogues. Uh, six three and one seventy five. Yeah, I'm still dreaming of those kind of measure, measurements. Um, no, you're, I think you're talking about uh, uh, Luis Lopez was the yes, that's right. uh, South American keeper, but who that's could right. never really get himself healthy and never really be a part of the fold. He, I think he had one or two MLS uh, appearances last year for LAFC. Uh, and, and, you know, you're right on Tyler Miller. You know, he didn't have a ton of appearances while he was a member of the Sounders. And so it, it was an X factor. I think we're slowly getting some of those answers. He can produce the big saves. For me, it's more about his confidence factor and his, his, his mental state, right? Because when he's feeling good, I think he plays, he plays fine. And he, you know, Hey, uh, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens. Right. That's but, right. but, yeah. oh, it's team, the, dude. Team. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's um, dynamics. It's, it's, it's interesting. And one, one other thing though, DK, I do want to hit on, and that is uh, some of the comments after the game between San Jose and LAFC talking about Matias Almeida, his style of what he wants to see from his team compared to Bob Bradley. Very, very different styles in contrast. The goal is the same, winning, but the, the fact that Almeida is implementing his own style with he's, his San Jose team. Yeah, he's trying to be like Diego Simeone from Atletico Madrid, where you get up and you pressure – and maybe your team lacks <clears throat> a little bit of quality compared to uh, the rest of the teams in the league. But with a good system of pressure, uh, you're going to nick games and goals. And um, on, on this night, you know, I, I think it's a if you're playing San, if the if the host was reversed in this Open Cup series, LAFC would have had a little harder time. For up, sure. For sure. Amaya Stadium. Um, and, and San Jose seems to be drinking the Kool-Aid now where they had such a slow start, but, um, watching the game, I, you, it's clear. I mean, they're trying to play man to man. They're trying to get up and, and make you uncomfortable. And, uh, when the, when you play that kind of soccer, um, when the game turns in transition, it's exactly how San Jose scored. Uh, if you're man to man, um, and you can get a step on a player, then the game will open up for you and attack quickly. 
but they weren't able to execute enough. And it was Pablo, the, the, the second goalkeeper for LAFC, that had the great game that really kept this thing uh, in control. Say it with me. Cisniega. 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 That's Love the last it. name, folks. Uh, uh, by the way, though, LAFC, I think, has shown the ability to play through that type of pressure, not just this season, but last season. They carved some teams apart when you try and high press them like that and they break that right, first line right, of press. Right. I just don't know. I just don't know tactically for opponents against the black and gold. I don't know. I don't know if that's the right approach. Yeah. To, so to try and so get up on is, their back. This is back to um, Atlanta last year. Like, what do you do when you're in Atlanta? What do you do? Well, you got to be conservative, man. Yeah, that's my opinion. The Atlanta tree. Atlanta proved that against a Christmas tree defense, man, they can't solve the problem. If 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 you keep Martinez in front of you, if you drop your line to the top of the 18 and just say, hey, there's no space to run in behind. You have to get the ball wide and whip it in. Then you give yourself a fighting chance. Uh, that's if I was uh, more likely than not, that's a tactic I would take when I was playing at the bank. Uh, before we move on to look ahead to the weekend for these two teams and what uh, what they will take on coming up here on the weekend. Uh, Gold Cup has obviously been a big theme over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I guess first question would be, uh, how much have you been watching? Have you been just taking in the U.S.? What are your thoughts so far? I, I, it's background music for me because, um, <laughs> you know, I, I work from home, so it's, it's always on. Um, and uh, I, I catch the U.S. games for sure. Right. And, um, well, geez, it's like a Gunnar Solskjaer had this amazing quote with, um, when he was talking about Alexi Sanchez and he was like, he's like a, he's like, you know, we've, he's like a ketchup bottle that you just open and you're just smacking, you're smacking the shit out of it, trying to get some ketchup to come out trying of to it. Get it trying and to nothing's get the coming off. out, <laughs> nothing's coming out. And then it all comes out at once. And that was kind of the, the last game for, for, um, us men's national team is, you know, I question how Greg can implement his system uh, with a group of guys that gets to train together three or four weeks a year. Right. It's very hard. He wants to play total football. Um, But the quality within the side makes me really optimistic. Um, And they're dynamic. And Giassi's artists, I mean, say what you want about Giassi, but the man keeps scoring. Club Uh, or country. Yeah, he just keeps scoring. And Giassi is perfect in Greg's system because he 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 works like a dog up there. And then he maintains a high line and he just he he knows his limitations where he's not checking in deep to get the ball. And that's where he got in trouble at the Galaxy was when the Galaxy lost all those players. Giassi tried to do more and that that brought him checking into the ball. And that's not his game. Stay high, occupy the center backs. Back um, shoulder back shoulder yeah. of the center yeah. back, trying yeah, yeah, diagonal runs in in behind. Exactly. Listen, Pucic hasn't been in necessarily great form, but um, that's a good sign. If he, if he's not in great form and the and the and the USA are still tracking, then that's a good sign. I uh, I, I do like what I've seen from Paul Ariola so far. Uh, yes. Not just not just scoring, but he you know when he gets that ball wide with just the touchline behind him and his ability to see the whole field, uh, I think he can attack from attack and make good decisions from that spot on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, um, he's he's a dynamic little player, too. And that's what the, the biggest difference I see. And, and this is a generational thing, but um, the quality on the field is 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 drastically improved. The mentality we used the U.S. men's national team before you, Jurgen Klinsmann used to be about mentality. 
Um, and it was like, you're playing the U.S. This is going to be a dogfight. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's Brazil, Italy, or whomever. You're playing the U.S. It's going to be a dogfight. Under Jurgen, we lost that. And now um, we have the quality. And it's to me, it's Greg's job to, to kind of get that unity, that chip on the shoulder mentality back, but do it with a little bit more style. It's just amazing if you t- if you step back for a minute and you look at the U.S. men's national team and a bigger picture, say a snapshot of the last 15 years, how high the peak and low the peaks and valleys have been, right? I mean, this was a team that got itself all the way, a nation that got itself all the way up to being, I, think, I don't know, I think at one point, you know, it was, it was top 10 in the FIFA World Rankings. Not that that's the be-all and end-all, but I'm just saying you were up Knocking in there, on the right? Not, yeah, not you were, you were, you were, I think at like 12 or, 11, you know, you were up there and then all of a sudden with the fallout of not getting to the World Cup and just the, the scatter and the roster and the, the gap between these young guns that are coming in and now making a statement. And, and I mean, even still having, having Josie and, and Michael Bradley on this roster, you know, I, for I me, like it's the Michael Bradley shout on the roster, to be honest. I mean, to me, Michael's been one of the best players that we, that we've seen come through um, and he, he plays at a different level both mentality and and uh he he's very intelligent and he's a great uh, professional example and i feel like at the end of the jurgen era we michael and this is this is this is critical because michael's never short on motivation but it felt like he was losing motivation and i now i see him and i'm like okay he's back like he's locked in he's engaged he's motivated and that's what we need got we need the Ariolas, the Tyler Boyds, the Pulisic's, the Weston McKinney's of the world to see what it's like to have Michael Bradley locked in. Right. And, and, and right. man, two, so, so two games ago, Michael. How a, how a professional conducts himself day exactly. in, day out, too. Yeah. Yes. Cause this, I, he, will, I will agree with that. My, Mike, Michael isn't a not, he's a one off. Like he, you don't, the, you don't, the, his mentality and you know, Bob, you know, Bob so well for covering the LAFC. Now you, I'm sure you get it, but this guy is, is nails. He's nails. But yeah. he he brings the ball down in midfield. I forget who was making the running behind defense, but the ball pops up on him. And he had the opportunity. If it was a clean first touch, he would have whipped the ball on the ground in behind the defense, and the player would have been in behind. Whoever the winger was peels off the shoulder of the defense. Michael lets the ball settle, and then he, he drops a perfect ball over the top of the defender. And it was like the composure, the quality, all of it. I was like, okay, this is Michael needs to be sitting in that role, dictating terms for the entire team. And passing the ball around the, uh, the the park, and it reminds me of of, of Simon Elliott. And Simon uh, did this oh. for New, New Zealand in the 2010 World Cup, where he was like 34, and and Michael's much more dynamic than Simon, uh, but Simon can pl- just play the ball around the park, left, right, foot, no problem. And and Michael, ha- he's gonna go into this era, right? Like he's th- I don't know 31, 32, and now he's got the chance. He still could play in the next World Cup and be that kind of focal centerpiece where he's just dictating the, the terms for the team. Uh, to follow up my question with a, with a response also, I haven't been, you know, in depth watching this Gold Cup so far because I right. feel like it really it really gets tasty once you get into yeah. the, the, the knockout rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say this, obviously, having been down in Mexico for a lot this past week, uh, I did watch 
watch from whistle to whistle the entire Mexico-Canada game, which was a good game. And uh, you can see Mexico, Mexico under um, Tata Martino, they're they're moving the ball well. They're yeah. I think you know they they have a good blend too of some older players with also some young players out on that field. Um, and obviously, you know th- this I, I think everyone is hoping, hey, if we get a Mexico U.S. Gold Cup final, oh, that that'll be, be great. that'll be yeah. That'll be another great chapter to write uh, in, in a storied rivalry between the two CONCACAF nations. We'll talk more about uh, Gold Cup a little bit next week, uh, especially after we see what the U.S. does this week against Panama out in Kansas City. And then uh, by next week, Dan, we should have them probably uh, into a knockout round game. And uh, we can discuss that as well. So let's move ahead to the weekend as both teams uh, for the first time in a month will finally both teams finally back in play in Major League Soccer. It starts Friday night with. LAFC out in Colorado. We've discussed it here on the pod. Colorado, a team that was terrible the first three months of the season. But all of a sudden, right before the break, they found themselves. They started playing some good soccer, uh, started getting some defensive efforts and started getting some wins. Yeah, And there, it, it just seems like, you know, sometimes when a coach leaves, pressure uh, relieves and the guys get a bit more optimistic. <clears throat> kind of seems like exactly what's what's happened. Um, and. Now it just becomes a, a situation where um, Colorado are playing with nothing to lose. They're playing with freedom. And as they beat the Galaxy on the road, and it was you know the the worst moment of this season for the Galaxy, um, they got a little bit of wind in their sails. And I think they're to a point where they're just like, all right, boys, let's go. Come on. Come on. And if yeah. they can get hot, it'll be interesting. And, and, and then now when they play the teams like LAFC – they really have nothing to lose because everyone expects LAFC to smash them. And it's just not that easy. Gosh, that's going to be a great game when we finally get to it. Yeah, I can't wait. LAFC and the Galaxy going head-to-head, that's going to be just just, just tremendous. Uh, all right, well, give me a prediction. What do, you, what do you see playing out? LAFC, you know, they've only lost one time all season. They've been pretty good on the road so far. Uh, but it's always different, and you can speak to it. Is it the is it the first 15 minutes or the last 15 minutes that you hear guys struggle the most with when they go to altitude and play at Dick's Sporting Goods Park? Yeah, for me, it was always the first 15 minutes. You could do whatever you wanted to do and warm up. Um, and for, for a goalkeeper, it was really just a warm up. Get Open your lungs up and then you're fine. But in the first 15 minutes, the players uh, are a little shocked. You know, it, it's a little harder to catch your breath. And then for subs, it's really difficult to come on and have an impact. And then finally, it's. The ball just travels, man. It, it carries a little bit. So it takes you like I, I remember just try, feeling like, OK, I'm going to just ping this ball out 40 yards, whatever. And and I would put it over one Pablo on hell's head. And he would look at me like uh, like Ibrahimovic looks at Ima Boateng when he doesn't get across <laughs> on point. <laughs> Good analogy. Good analogy. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's I just a tricky environment. I, I see this one playing out as a draw on the road because I think uh, I, I think LAFC uh, coming back into the fold. And okay, so let's get let's do our prediction. So your draw, what's the score? I got a one-one draw between these two teams. Okay, I'm gonna take LAFC two-one win. Okay, okay. That's one. By the way, uh, next week we'll get you updated on everything. I know you've been dying to know people where we're at in the picks. Yes, I still have a lead, but I'll tally <laughs> up the exact lead 
uh, and, and we'll get you we'll get you those notes. Plus, you know, where to put your money next week is always a good a good place to uh, wager with DK and I. And then Saturday, it's the Galaxy traveling up to San Jose. We just talked about um, how the Quakes have found some mojo, a la what the Rapids have done. They've been able to to get themselves acclimated under Matias Almeida's system. They're playing much better. Wondolowski starting to score goals again. Uh, you know, this looks like a team that. They're just on the periphery right now of being in a spot had the season ended right now in terms of getting into the playoff picture, but they're definitely surging in the right direction. This I is said, a tricky this is a tricky game for the Galaxy. Uh just just because of, of San Jose's like newfound belief. And I th- I think this is a tie. I think the Galaxy are gonna go and, and nick a result, and I'm gonna call it two two. This is just always a hectic game. Um but because of the way that uh, San Jose want to play with pressure, the Galaxy just shouldn't play into their hands. They should play direct, keep it simple, keep numbers behind the ball, be hard to break down, and then play counterattacking style soccer. And that's what suits them. So I think Galaxy are going to nick something here, 2-2 draw. Well, since I am the lead, I have the ability to take a little bit of a, um, you know, a little bit of a long shot from time to time. <laughs> and uh, so I, 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 th- I think there is at least three goals in this game. And I think San Jose gets two of them. Uh, I think Zlatan, oh, wow. will get, Zlatan will get back on the board and get one for L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that at home. And obviously, you know, over the years, Dan, this has been a great rivalry, the California Classico between these two teams. Yeah, the Alan Gordon special. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I I, I would have to double check. Are they playing? No, they're playing at Avaya, so they're not playing. Right. They're not not playing at Stanford, Stanford Stanford on on this one. And, um, yeah, so I think think in this one I am going to stick with – no, they are playing at Stanford. Double check. Scratch that. Scratch that. They are playing at Stanford. So you're going to have you're going to have a loud, big crowd for that one. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with San Jose, a 2-1 winner in this one. I think Wando gets another one in this one. Brilliant. I'll stick with the I'll stick with the Quakes. And that brings us to the wild card factor right here. So easy, this one. This which is, has this clearly is so been the di- clearly been the difference in picks. Uh, <laughs> This season so far here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Get ready to lock it in. Where is Dan Kennedy going? Uh, well, it's it, to me, this Chicago team's hit a, a, a tough skid. And so I'm going to take Atlanta over. Oh, am I too? I'm too far ahead. Yes, you I'm are. too you're, far. I'm you, way you too think, far you ahead. Think, you think in New God. York at home yeah. in Chicago? No, no. No? Oh. Oh, he's throwing a little wrench in it here, folks. Well, yeah. Sorry. I was ahead on the schedule there. Okay. Um. Where was the uh, Seattle game against uh, Vancouver? And now I've lost that, it. Yep, 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 yep. yep. That would, okay, that would, I'm taking that would Seattle. Saturday night. At, yeah, Saturday night, Seattle at home over Vancouver. Um, two nothing score line. Vancouver's actually they they've responded a little bit, but I, I like the Seattle team. Uh, I will for my third pick here. Um, I think I'm going to go back a little further and I am going to stick with the team that we began talking about here in this edition of the Beliefs Podcast Network, uh, FC Cincinnati. They are going to continue to struggle and they have to go (laughs) to Allianz Field to take on Minnesota United, who have been very good at home. So I will take uh, Minnesota United 2-0 in that game. So we both got a 2-0 scoreline, but I'm I'm going to take Minnesota while you have uh, Seattle. Okay, I like that. I like that. I can deal with that. Uh, so 
Anything uh, anything to announce coming up on the weekend? People with people should look That's, out for. Well, uh, there's gonna be plenty. Off, are you on or off camera? Are you, I'm, are you, are I'm you on camera. Home? I'm on okay. camera Saturday night Galaxy game to cover the the uh, Cali Classico. I, I I mean the Cali Classico is always one you you tune in for because it just seems to have some special play in the last ten minutes to make make something of it. Um and then yeah I mean just tracking the U.S. men's national team trying to trying to rally for them. I, I I'm I'm a you know I'm optimistic about this group. All right well we uh we we got we got a big weekend of soccer coming up here and of course. Uh, Dan and I, but we should let you know, putting up some big plans, hoping for some big announcements coming up in the next few weeks here uh, about our coverage of LAFC and the LA Galaxy here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. So we'll wait and see, right? Fingers crossed. It's a little bit of a tease there, DK. A little teaser. Um, yeah, a little teaser. And uh, on the weekend, Thursday and Friday, you'll be able to catch me on Fox LA Channel 11 with uh, Women's World Cup postgame shows, helping out there with with local Fox 11 and then uh, ESPN Radio on Friday night for the game out there in Colorado, I'll be uh, holding it down from the studio in downtown LA Live, and then uh, and then into the weekend to ch- to check out some Gold Cup, check out some MLS play, and uh, try and get rid of this sunburn I got. From well, Alabama. buddy, oh, uh, glad, good to have good to have you back on the mainland, pal. <laughs> uh, all right, DK, all right, uh, safe travels the rest of the week, yeah, and uh, for everyone here at Believe Sports Podcast Network, check back with us next week. We'll get you updated on the picks. We'll check in again on some Gold Cup and, of course, everything you need to know about LAFC and the LA Galaxy with Dan Kennedy and Mark Rogandino right here on Believe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.